What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the NBA giving you a Christmas present, Yusuf Nurkic recruiting free agents, and an under-the-radar rookie that the Blazers apparently have their eye on. Those are our three segments for today. The episode today is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 10% off your next order. The big news of the day, though. The NBA wants to bring you a Christmas present. According to multiple reports, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, Shams Trani of The Athletic, Mark Stein of The New York Times, the NBA is very seriously pursuing a restart the week of Christmas. Let's get into the details, and then we'll talk a little bit about what that means for the Blazers. But this is a big change. I had heard, well, there had been reported nationally that the NBA was kind of eyeing January. Uh, Adam Silver said that it looked more likely that the season would start in 2021 and not and not in this calendar year. He kind of he told Rachel Nichols in an interview on ESPN that that was that was just kind of the reality of the situation. And there had been reports that it was going to happen kind of the end of January, MLK Day. And even I had heard whisperings that the NBA was really targeting late January because they didn't want to mess with the NFL. The the Super Bowl, you know, happens that first weekend in February, and the NBA was going to try to just outlast football, or rather wait out football and come back end of January, first week of February. NFL's gone, and they can sort of dominate that uh, spring season. But that doesn't look to be the case now it looks like, according to multiple reports, like I said, ESPN, The Athletic, and New York Times, all, all reporting roughly the same thing, that the NBA is eyeing a start prior to Christmas Day. So that would be like the week the week before Christmas, so they could have their marquee Christmas Day as they usually do, but not, that wouldn't be the first game of the season. It would include a 72-game regular season, so they're going to cut 10 games. They're going to propose, they're proposing to cut 10 games off the regular season. It would also include a play-in tournament, similar to what we saw in the bubble. Uh, you know, bottom handful of seeds play, but probably bottom two seeds in each conference if we're doing it like the bubble. Play to get in for that final playoff spot. It was fun. Um, I'm not surprised that NBA wants to bring it back. The end of the season is often extremely boring. This is a good way to spice it up. It was also mean that there's no All-Star game. That All-Star game was scheduled for Indianapolis. So sounds like there won't be an All-Star weekend or an All-Star game there if the season were to start and they're trying to cram it in. And But there still would be a break. Like, we're not going to get rid of the All-Star break. There's just not going to be, um, a, whatever, a midseason showcase. As recently as this Friday, that's October 23rd, 2020, the league's Board of Governors were pushing it forward and trying to get this in front of the NBA Players Association so the Players Association could weigh in and, and, and uh, you know, make changes as necessary. Sounds like the NBA is trying to get all of its things. And I think one of the reasons why I had heard rumblings that the that the season might start at the end of January and whether it was reported by other bigger outlets that it, had, it was going to start that late is because I think the league assumed that there are going to be fans in the stands. And if there's fans in the stands, you delay as long as possible because fans are how they make money. And this is this is all about cash. It's all about dollar signs, quite frankly. So I think the reality that 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 even January we weren't going to have fans in the stands, that just the, the state of the country and the state of the pandemic, we have not have solutions that are going to allow arenas to fill up just yet. So the NBA is trying to get it all in. They're trying to 
get their marquee day on Christmas. They're trying to get as much television money as they can. So you start right away. You start on Christmas. You have your traditional sort of winter basketball. You, you, you go ahead and maximize that revenue. But they're also trying to get the play-in game, get back on the sort of the, the rhythm of a somewhat normal season, and they want to finish so they can potentially play in Japan. Because I think the league stars maybe want to go to Japan one last time, win, win one last gold medal, do all the things that you do when you get to drape yourself in the American flag. Uh, those are also dollar sign related very often. Sounds like the NBA is going to do all those things, but it doesn't sound like there's going to be fans in the stands because can... From sitting here today, it seems wildly unlikely, at least in the state of Oregon, that will be cleared for large indoor gatherings by two months from now. Oh, yeah, and it's two months from now. It's 60 days. It's quite a turnaround. It's not that long of a turnaround for the teams that haven't played a basketball game since March. It's actually an extremely long layoff. It's not super long for the teams who were in the Orlando bubble who got bounced early. Even the Blazers, their season ended with uh, sort of a relatively long enough tail to have a a typical length of a of a off season but for the teams that went deep into the playoffs it's a quick turnaround and for those NBA rookies who are going to be drafted to their new teams on November 18th boy howdy is 5 weeks a very very quick turnaround to here's your new job to welcome to the NBA uh, you're going to have to fit a training camp in there maybe maybe some preseason games it's quite an undertaking so while I think this is very likely to happen, there's obviously still some hurdles to jump. The Players Association would have to approve it. I think they're going to probably, you know, there, it seems like players wanted to delay the start a little bit, but they also have to think about the future and, um, you know, getting back on schedule for future seasons. I think that might help push this in this direction. I think the explanation from the owners is going to be, this is the way to maximize TV money. We split the basketball related income. Let's all make a whole bunch of money. Unfortunately, this is, you know, cap two sets of capitalists at work here, but that's kind of, that's how big sports work. Y'all I can't, I can't fix that. So this thing isn't a done deal, but I think it's I think it's very likely to happen. I think this is the direction we're heading. When all of the sort of momentum started coming out and, and Woj and Shams and Stein are all reporting it, you know that it is the league higher ups leaking the information to the movers and shakers of the um, of NBA reporting. You know, when the when the sort of big news breakers or news brokers, maybe is what they should be called, are all giving you the same information, you know what the league is doing. Like you you can you can figure it out. So a couple more hurdles to get there. But I think the big implication for the Blazers is that it might not it might mean that Zach Collins isn't ready to play. He told Jason Quick in a story at the end of August, August 21st, that if the season were to start on Christmas, he might not be ready, but he had heard the rumblings that the season was going to be delayed, and so then he would be ready. So I think an early start, like if this season starts December 20th, 22nd, in that range, Zach Collins might not be ready for game one. I think that's the biggest implication for the Blazers is that they're, they'll still be having to, they'll still be getting healthy, if that's the case. Be curious to know what it means for CJ McCollum's back. It has been reported that he's kind of back and doing stuff, and that he's working his way there, but certainly a Longer, longer time off would be better for him too. He uh, fractured his vertebrae, if you'll recall, in Disney at Disney. So it sounds like we're getting an NBA season. Listen, I'm a huge basketball fan. I might be a little bit of a skeptic and um, hater of capitalists or something that I've uh, displayed myself on this first segment, but I, I love the NBA. I'm very excited for it to be back. Um, I will. I'll be happy when it's back in December. A lot of if it's back in December. A lot. A lot of hurdles to get there first. Um, obviously, the NBA, PA, the Players Association, the league have to 
figure out not only a CBA for this year and set the salary cap for this year, but they also have to do it for the future. Like they have to, they have to figure out what this season is going to look like financially so they can set salary cap in the future. They're going to lose money. Fans not in the stands. Uh, China pulling out of its television rights for most of last season. All these things impact the league. And so those are big decisions that still have to make. But it sounds like we're getting basketball back on Christmas. I love watching basketball on Christmas. I love ignoring my family and watching six hours of basketball. Just kidding. It's more like 12 hours of basketball. And my family joins me for a great, a large portion of it. But the NBA season that looked like it was going to start in late January is now going to start on Christmas Day. For those of us who don't celebrate Christmas out there, what a wonderful gift in late December from the league. I think. I think this is good news. I, I view it as good news, even though I view it as um, uh, somewhat of a harsh reminder of the current state of the world. But I think that I'll be happy to watch basketball when it's back. I'll be happy to, to write about basketball when it's back. I'll be happy to talk to you about actual games, all those things. I love the NBA. Um, so more NBA to me is a great gift. Also, just as a quick sort of wrap up, because I know many of you may be asking that I didn't cover it. Uh, I don't view the 72 game season as a big deal. 10 games off makes no difference. The NBA could short the season to 65 games. It wouldn't make any difference. The good teams are already established by game 65. Playing tournaments, cool. I'm down with it. If the playoffs are back at their normal seven game series for all the rounds, great. But losing 10 games off an already too long regular season, <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to miss it. But the Blazers are going to have a new roster one way or another when that 72-game season starts, or should that 72-game season start the week of Christmas. And Yusuf Nurkic is trying to recruit someone to join the squad. I'm going to tell you who he's, who he's after in the second segment. But before I do that, I want to tell you all about Bill Bar. You know Bill Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar ever. I say that because it's written in the copy, but I also say that because it's true. I've never had a protein bar that tastes better than these delicious Built Bars. They come in 18 amazing flavors. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew. They got that candy bar-like texture. If you've tried other protein bars, you know they can be dry and chalky and gross. That's not what Bill Bar is. Bill Bar is a delicious bar, a delicious protein bar. Heck, a delicious snack that just happens to be filled with protein. How much protein, you ask? Well, take, for instance, the coconut almond flavor. It's got 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5, gr five grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. And all their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Wonderful option for the health-conscious among us. Go get yourself some of these. By going to BuiltBar.com and using the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's a promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right. So we talked about the NBA returning at Christmas. We're likely to get a 72-game schedule starting the third week of December. That's cool. I'm excited for the NBA to return. You know who else is excited for the NBA to return? Yusuf Nurkic. That's why he's out here recruiting free agents. Yeah, that's right. It's tampering season, y'all. So let me set the stage for this. Danilo Gallinari, you may know him as a very tall Italian man who Mike D'Antoni about 10, 10 or 12 years ago called him the greatest shooter he'd ever seen. Maybe didn't live up to that billing, but he's been really good in his other stops. And on October 20th, which was last Tuesday if you're scoring at home, Gallo, the rooster as his bizarro nickname is, tweeted out where to next with an image of him in a Knicks jersey, a Clippers jersey, a Denver Nuggets jersey and a 
Oklahoma City Thunder jersey, the four teams he had played for. And he's he's in the middle of sort of the four gallows wearing a, a generic gray number eight gallo jersey. And Yusuf Nurkic responded to that tweet, former teammate on the Denver Nuggets, and just said, Brate, with a little sleeping face emoji. Brate is like uh, the Balkan, universal Balkan slang for bro, brother. Bro, you sleeping? Come on, you know where to come. That's what Yusuf Nurkic is saying. Now, this is probably significant for a couple reasons. One, the Blazers could desperately use a power forward, or, or he can play a little bit of three, but you want him to play four. Uh, a power forward who can go get his own offense. Imagine a tall person who you could throw the ball to in isolation, and they could score. Well, you already have that in Carmelo Anthony, but Daniel Gallinari is better than him at almost everything. He's a way better passer. He's a better shooter. He's more efficient. Um, he's just he's a better player than Melo. In the year 2020, it is... And into 2021, I guess, significantly, is not a debate. Daniel Gallinari is way better than Carmelo Anthony. But it's also significant because in a previous interview, Daniel Gallinari said he would prioritize winning over cash. I'm not sure Gallo has a massive $20 million a year market. He's, you know, 32 years old, entering his 12th season in the league. But he, like I said, he's been balling. Like, even last year with OKC, he averaged almost 19 a game and shot 40% from three. He probably played his best. He was probably the best player on the Clippers during the 2018-19 season. He averaged 19.8 points per game and shot 43% from three. And he was just, he, he was just really solid. Yeah, okay, look, I'm a, I'm a Gallo fan. I don't need to read you any more stats. Uh, let, me just, let me just be upfront. I think the dude is a baller. He gets to the free throw line a ton. Um, I enjoy his herky-jerky style. I like him. I, I, I like watching him. I think he would really help the Blazers. But back to the money thing. He said he would prioritize uh, sort of quality. He's, I think he said championship chase over, over, uh, over money. So maybe he's going to go join a really good team. But the Blazers are, are a playoff team and could be an upper-tier playoff team if they add someone as, as good as Gallo and he stays healthy. More on that in a second. So... If you're asking me, the next question is, how do they get him? Well, the Blazers' best option to get him would be assigned to a mid-level exception deal. So that's about $9 million. You can sign up to a four-year contract. Hard for me to imagine the Blazers giving 32-year-old Danilo Gallinari four years and $37 million. But anything could happen. Seems wildly unlikely. But, you know, they could give him the full mid-level. I think that's the most money they could offer him. It's also the most money other teams that are below the tax line could offer him. So it is it is at some point all things being equal if he's talking about mid-level exception type money in different spots. But I think he could start for the Blazers. Like I mentioned in the first segment, it's not clear that uh, Zach Collins will be... Um, will be totally healthy when the, if the season were to start in December. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is a free agent. And if you're choosing, uh, for me, Gallo's better depending on, at, even at the mid-level, I think Gallo's a better option than, than Carmelo Anthony on the minimum. So there's playing time. There's potential equal money. The Blazers aren't going to be offering more money than other teams, but equal money. And if, if, if money is equal for a guy like Gallo, he can help. Drawbacks of him are that he's not a defensive ace. Uh, he's 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 a three and a four, but really at this stage in his career, you want him mostly guarding fours. You know, he's only played 70 games in a season two times in his career. Now, he wasn't injured for OKC this season. He played in 62 of their games and played in Orlando and was healthy into the playoffs and all that. And, you know, played in the first round series against the Rockets. So this year he was healthy, but his track record suggests that he's often not you know, he hasn't played 70 games in a season. Exclude, let's just exclude the, this year because it was strange. But it, prior to this season, he hadn't played 70 games in a season since 2013. And he missed the following year with an ACL injury. So then he played 59 games, 53 games, 63. 
just 21 with the Clippers his first year there, and then 68 with the Clippers when I said he was their best player. And I maintain he was their best player in 2018-19. Played a full 62 for the for the for OKC this season. When he's on the court, he's really good. He's not always on the court. There's obviously there's real risk with him. Use of Nurkic, they obviously have a relationship. Um, in fact, they're Balkan brothers, perhaps, or at least homies from uh, their time in Denver together. I am in favor of Yusuf Nurkic's recruiting pitch. Come on home, Brate. I think Gallo could help, and I think at the price, it's not super outrageous depending on the number of years they give him. If if he's willing to take that mid-level money, I think you give it to him because he fills that need. He's a he's he could provide scoring punch off the bench if you go big and start Zach. He could start at power forward. He's individual offense you need from someone who isn't a guard, which gives you some uh variety to the Blazers offensive attack you can that they really need. Uh, he, he would just help. He would help. He's an obvious help. Uh, he would not answer the question how do they get better on defense, but he would you add, you add more talent and figure it, when you're a situation like the Blazers, you got to just add more talent first and then figure it out after that. They can't, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, seven seeds can't be choosers. That's just not not how it works. So yeah, I'm in favor of Gallo. Good work, Yusuf Nurkic. Great recruiting. In the third segment, we got a draft rumor. The Blazers are apparently have their eye on, reportedly have their eye on, an under the radar draft prospect. I'm gonna tell you all about it in the third segment. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers. We talked about the NBA returning at Christmas, a 72-game season beginning the third week of December, giving you a play-in tournament, no all-star game, and a whole lot of hoops. Just 10 less regular season games than maybe you're used to. We talked about Yusuf Nurkic responding to tweets, recruiting Danilo Gallinari to Rip City. Probably a relatively passive public appeal. Hopefully behind the scenes, Yusuf Nurkic is doing more work. But there's other news. We got real news, or at least real reports. And this real report comes from Brian Kalbrowski of USA Today, who reports that the Blazers have had multiple meetings with 6'6 wing Jay Scrub, a 20-year-old who is likely to be, at least according to Mr. Kalbrowski, a second-round pick in the NBA draft. So why are we talking about this? Because... Kalbrowski reports that the Blazers have met with this gentleman multiple times. He's a, He was the top-rated JUCO recruit in the country. He was going to go to a big program. He decided not to go play college basketball and enter the draft. He's he's old enough to do it. Um, he's, he's maybe physically ready and probably just ready to make some money playing basketball. It's about time. Two meetings with the Blazers is significant, including a sit-down with Neil Olshay, according to Kalbrowski. A sit-down, a one-on-one interview with Neil Olshay. What a what an absolute treat for Mr. Scrub. But this is a big deal. It's a big deal because we know about it. The Blazers are very tight-lipped. The Blazers just don't leak stuff, and if they do, it's to, you know, one of the most powerful newsbreakers in the league and Adrian Wojnarowski. And even then, it's not like Woj gets stuff early. He just gets stuff a day before <laughs> a day before it's official or often minutes before it's official. 
the Blazers just as an organization aren't aren't leaky like this with with news. So I, I think the scrub stuff, as opposed to me watching Juco highlights and giving you his stats, I don't think that stuff's very important. He's a six six wing who apparently who could reportedly can score and certainly one of the most um he's not a guy who shows up in other mock drafts, right? Like he's not he's he's a he's a very under the radar type of player. So what I would encourage you to do with this news is exercise your media literacy as opposed to say, okay, the Blazers are doing this. Think about why this news would come out. I think draft season is super important. And let me be clear. I'm not questioning any reports by USA Today. I believe this to be 100% true. But I think what I'm encouraging you to do, dear listener, is ask yourself why a month before the draft would this news be available? One, good reporting. And two, someone in the J Scrub camp or near the J-Scrub camp, wants to make it clear that their client, their whoever, has interest from NBA teams. When a name starts popping up, maybe other teams that had him say, oh, you know, we could probably get him late in the draft, or we'll sign him to, you know, he'll go undrafted and we'll sign him to a, to a two-way deal, we'll sign him to our G League team. If his name's popping up on USA Today, his name's popping up on Twitter, it increases the likelihood he'll get drafted. This is how you dr- you get the interest out there. You report that there's interest out there, then more interest arises, particularly for sort of little used prospects. The draft this draft season is all draft season is always about smoke screens. It's always about getting specific information out there for a specific reason. That doesn't make the reports any less true. And I think it's significant that if Neil Olshay did indeed, and I and I have no reason to believe he didn't, if Neil Olshay meets with a dude one-on-one, that means the Blazers have real interest in him. And he fits the profile, right? Like Anthony Simons kind of came out of nowhere, an IMG guy who didn't play in the league. Like Scrub is Simons, right? He's a Juco guy who didn't play college basketball and then is ready to make the jump because he he possesses a sort of physical traits to get there. That's That is the idea. The Blazers certainly have a track record of doing things like this, or at least they have one specific, very recent track record of doing something just like this. And so it's very believable that they'd be doing it again. I'm not under the impression that uh, the Blazers are going to take this J Scrub character 16th overall in the draft. This is about they have you know the 46th pick in the in the draft, the se- a second round pick, 16 in the second round, and they this is someone who's in his camp or near his camp or whatever it is. This is Scrub's camp who says. I think it would be valuable if the world knew that the Blazers at 46 have interest in us. So maybe teams a little bit higher up at at 38 and 41 will say, you know, if we want this guy, we got to go get him because it sounds like he'll be off the board. It doesn't mean that the Blazers won't draft him. It just means that there's a reason why it's happening. Now, if they do draft him, I'm going deep. I'm watching Juco highlights. I'll be all over it. But for now, I want to treat this as uh, an interesting note and a reminder of what draft season is like this is a name to know when you're looking in the second round this is a name to know know this name jay scrub a 6-6 wing from who played juco last season who was a junior college player keep him on your radar because sounds like he's certainly on the blazers radar getting those one-on-ones with neil olshay your boy can't get a one-on-one with neil olshay jay scrub can maybe if i was a foot taller we got mailbag monday coming this week if you want to get involved, it's the mailbag show we do each week on this podcast. Just tweet at me at Mike G. Rich or email the show lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. We got more draft profiles coming too this week. We're not going to do J Scrub just yet, but we're looking at prospects who the Blazers could draft at 16th overall. We've already done three. We've got more coming next week. Check your feeds for that one. Tell your friends about this podcast. 
They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.